Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. It was a serenely quiet day in Eternia. Prince Adam, Mad-at-Arms, and Tila jokingly suggested that it was so quiet the group should have a picnic. The air breezed calm and the bustling sounds of Castle Greyskull hung in the air. It was at that moment that the sky turned dark and the intergalactic bounty hunter known as Lobo came tearing through the atmosphere on his custom motorcycle Space Hog. Landing on the surface, Lobo spit to the side and bellowed, The main man is here, bastiches! Everybody off this planet now! Knowing an enemy when he sees one, Prince Adam quickly grabbed his power sword and transformed into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. The battle for Eternia's future begins now! It's the Mattel Master versus Master Frag, the most powerful man in the universe versus the Scourge of the Cosmos. It's He-Man versus Lobo today on Who Would Win. And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stekanis. Ray, how are you doing today? I'm having a great day, um, despite uh, setbacks that happen from time to time. I'd like to show that, much like the proverbial phoenix, you can set me on fire, but I will return stronger. Do you find a lot of people set you on fire for some reason or other? They keep trying for some reason. I don't understand it. Maybe it's my beautiful red hashtag who would win t-shirt that I'm wearing right now makes you think I'm ablaze at any given time. No. Okay, and joining us as a judge is someone very special. You've seen him on Jimmy Kimmel Live and the Conan O'Brien Show, but you know him as Android 19 from Dragon Ball Z. It's Philip Wilburn. Philip, thanks for being on the show. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Very excited to uh, find out who will win. It's who would win. I know, but I'm going to say who, oh, I will be the one that says who will win. That's yeah, true. He's putting it in the present tense. I'm, gonna, I'm the judge. I'm the judge, jury, and... For someone, executioner. That's true. Philip, you, you seem very accomplished. A I've very, done some things. A very refined gentleman, <laughs> if you will. A question that comes up to everyone's mind, I'm sure. Right. Why do you know Ray? You know, Ray and I have done comedy for years. Ray is one of the few people I I know in life that I've uh, bashed over the back with a uh, metal folding chair. That is correct. I have I learned how to do that skill from Ray. So thank you, Ray. That's something I can always take into job interviews. I'm happy to say I've helped you arrive. <laughs> he really has. He really has. What, what was the impetus for that? What what caused that? Was that you know, a, uh... we worked on a show called uh, we work on a show called Top Story Weekly, which is a weekly show at the Acme Theater, and it's uh, based on the news of the week. It's a fun show, and I believe I was playing now. <laughs> Our president, Donald Trump. That is that, correct. That it was a sketch, sketch based around a WrestleMania main event where Vince McMahon and uh, Donald Trump, at the time, not the guy we know today, uh, he was more of just a sleazy businessman. And I needed to uh, bust a chair over Ray Stikadis' back. Let's be honest, he's great. He's so great. He does that so well. He And so uh, the two <laughs> the two of them had wrestlers as their uh, um you know, as their representatives. And so they were fighting each other. So I wrote a sketch of behind the scenes, Donald Trump worrying that he might lose the match and have to shave his head and begging Vince McMahon to please fix this wrestling match. And Vince McMahon being outraged because that is not something that happens in the honorable sport of professional wrestling. And the, the sketch ends, of course, with Donald Trump going over, as the kids would say, by hitting Vince McMahon in the back with a folding chair when he wasn't looking. Is, is there anything I need to do for you to repeat that process in today's episode? Uh, you know what? It, it ever since that's happened, every time I see Ray, I break a chair over his back. It's, so it'll happen before the it's day. Become over. Tradition. It's become yeah. tradition. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. It's a great tradition, by the way. It's great. It's, it's, it's something we share. It's uh, break a chair over uh, Ray's back. National holiday, exactly. Day week thing. Yeah, cool, great. I apologize to the studio in advance for the chair, but Ray always pays for the new chairs, so it's always good. 
ten. He is flush with cash. Exactly. Would not be something someone would say about Ray. But <laughs> we'll, we'll hear that. Well, it's because of all the chairs we bring. Exactly. We want to get started with this episode with a quick shout out to one of our amazing sponsors, Backblaze. Now, do you need a great online backup service for all of your files? Well, Backblaze is a gimmick-free, unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs for just $6 a month per computer. Now, Backblaze backs up documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects, everything you can think of, and backups occur automatically and stay out of your way. Access all of your data anywhere in the world, on the web, or on the go with the mobile apps. Register for your fully featured 15-day no-risk free trial by going to backblaze.com slash who would win. Register with Backblaze to start protecting yourself from those potential bad times. Start today. Register with Backblaze. So with that said, it's about that time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the world of Mattel, the man so powerful he uses the Large Hadron Collider to press his shirts, He-Man. And representing the DC Universe, the bounty hunter so outrageous he was kicked out of the 90s for being too extreme, Lobo. Fantastic. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, number one, each debater will be able to make three points. The Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with neither combatant necessarily knowing anything about their opponent or having any time to prepare for it. The exact version of the character has to be specifically stated. For example, if you're using Superman, you must specify if it's Superman from the films, animation, or comic books. Now, Ray, you're using what version of Lobo? It'd be the comic book version of Lobo. Uh, I'm not going with the animated uh, series version. Uh, I'm going with the power here because I'm facing the most powerful man in the universe. Good call. And I'm going from, which is really interesting, the 80s cartoon series, which also continues continues into some DC comics. Ah, cheating again, I see, James Gaffsey. I'm just going to use every He-Man ever considered. Dolph Lundgren, why not? Throw him in there. Did he do something I like? Throw it in. Philip, why do we have rules? Philip, if you can get that chair ready, we I, may need I that I got little. it right here. Fantastic. It's just, it's just I'm going to put three more right over there if you That's need That's perfect. Now, the winner of the Who Would Win debate is whomever the judge decides has the best ability to incapacitate their opponent to the degree where they can safely walk away with no further threat being present. This includes completely destroying their opponent, removing them from the field of battle, restraining them, or knocking them out. The Who Would Win battles are not necessarily death matches. Now, the judge can disallow or veto a point made by one of the debaters if they feel it goes outside of the scope of the battle or is irrelevant to the fight. Now, last one, each debater must use examples of powers, abilities, or weapons that are part of the specific character's continuity, or at least was with that character for a good deal of time. One-off examples of powers or abilities that were used only once in the character's history will not be allowed. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Today's tale of the tape is brought to you by Who Would Win t-shirts. Accept no imitations. Find the official Who Would Win shirt on Amazon by typing in hashtag Who Would Win. Ray, please give us the details on Lobo. Lobo is an intergalactic bounty hunter created by Roger Sleifer and Keith Giffen. Lobo was first seen in the comic book Omega Men No. 3 in June 1983. However, he was a very minor player in the DC Universe until the 1990s, when he received a makeover of appearance and attitude to make him an extreme over-the-top send-up of other popular 90s Marvel Universe characters, and that is when his popularity spiked through the roof. Lobo hails from the planet Zarnia, where he is the last of his kind. He is the last of his kind because he killed every single other person on the planet so he could feel special. Lobo has superhuman strength and a regenerative ability that very few characters have ever possessed, able to regenerate his entire self from just a drop of his own blood. Lobo gets around the universe on his custom motorcycle Space Hog, which somehow has been designed to travel through space at scientifically impossible speeds, as well as let him breathe in space and avoid space debris while he goes along. Fun fact, this insane killer has a soft spot for one species, Space Dolphins. Despite being the most feared killer in the entire universe, the sight of space dolphins swimming around in space has caused the accursed Lobo to stop, admire them, speak baby talk, and call them, quote-unquote, swell. And that is all you need to know about Lobo. Very cool. Here are the details for He-Man. Now, He-Man was created by Michael Halperin, and the version I'm using debuted in the iconic animated series He-Man and the Masters of the Universe back in 1983. Now, He-Man is the alter ego of Prince Adam, the young son of the planet Eternia's rulers, King Randor, and Queen Marlena. Whenever Prince Adam holds the sword of power aloft and says, by the power of Grayskull, he is given fabulous secret powers and transformed into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Did you hear that, Ray? The most powerful man in the universe. Oh, I've got my work cut out for me today. Very true. Together with his close allies, Battle Cat, who undergoes a similar transformation for being, being Prince Adam's cowardly pet tiger, Cringer, the sorceress, Tila, Man-at-Arms, and the floating wizard kind of elf thing, Orko, 
He-Man uses his powers to defend Eternia from the evil forces of Skeletor. And Skeletor's main goal is to conquer the mysterious fortress of Castle Grayskull, from which He-Man draws his powers. Now, He-Man is characterized as possessing super speed, indestructible skin, and superhuman strength. In the introductory sequence of the 1980s cartoon series, He-Man claims, again, to be the most powerful man in the universe. He-Man also possesses a genius-level intellect and super acrobatic ability. He-Man also carries a sword of power, which is thought to be indestructible, as well as having the ability to open portals and deflect any type of energy projection. And here's an interesting fact about He-Man. Did you know He-Man almost had a son starring in a spinoff series? It's true. Hero, son of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, was a show that was pitched in DIC Entertainment. The premise of the show was that He-Man and Tila had become the king and queen of Eternia. He-Man would find a child who was suggested to be the son of She-Ra and take him in as his own. This would coincide with the return of Skeletor, who has finally escaped imprisonment and seeks revenge against his old enemy. And this actually sounds like a really great cartoon idea. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Philip, do you have any questions before we get started? You know what? I um, I have to say, you know, you talk about battles and I think about popularity contests right off the bat. And I'm familiar with He-Man. He's got a great haircut. He's got a great catchphrase. Lobo. Sounds fascinating, but does it sound like he plays well with others? So right off the bat, I if I'm going to hang out with somebody that I would want to be, quote unquote, as our president would say, a winner, I would probably want to hang out with He-Man because he seems like a cool dude. Lobo seems like kind of a, um, a trashy person that I don't want to hang out with, but I'm not going to judge. I'm just, these are my first impressions. So... So that because I'm not as familiar with Lobo. At first, I thought Lobo was a 1970s sheriff from a TV show, Sheriff Lobo, spinoff of BJ and the Bear, which you all can look up is a real thing. But, Ray, you you told me there was nothing mentioned about BJ or the Bear. There were space dolphins, and I'm intrigued. Okay. So let's get this going. Thankfully, the, in the who would win battle, as per the rules, it's who would win in a random encounter fight. It's not hashtag who would Philip Wilburn hang out with. Well, you know. It, maybe it's I'm, a different show. I, it's you know, a good who show. Who would win? Who would win? I'm I'm making the judgment of what it is. And so you your random encounter fight might be just fighting for my attention. There we go. I, I like where this is going. Philip, you, you are an excellent judge. I'm trying to just I'm trying to be honest and I'm just trying to judge it on my merits because I'm the ju- I'm the Wapner of this thing. Let's- I felt real good coming into this battle. Not any longer. No, no. <laughs> we have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. I like it. Well, Ray, go ahead and hit us with point number one. Let's see what you got. Uh, point number one, we're just going to talk about the strength and endurance of Lobo. I don't have a catchy name for it. Lobo doesn't need a catchy name. Lobo has Superman level strength. Now, we talk about He-Man being the most powerful man in the universe. That is true of the Mattel universe. The DC universe is waves and leaps above the level of power of the characters of the Mattel universe. So let's just start right there. Lobo is one of the strongest characters in his universe which generally is accepted as a higher being uh, as far as power level can get to uh, a couple of the feats that lobo has done one time he s- spit and he spit a, a goober right through a man's head murdering him like this is where we start with lobo because he gets crazy more powerful from there some of the strength feats that he has accomplished uh, on his crusade through the universe to do whatever the heck he wants 
Uh, Green Lantern, you're familiar with this character. He creates very, very powerful constructs. Uh, Hal Jordan, uh, previously seen on the Who Would Win show, known as the greatest Green Lantern of all. He had a construct to try to hold Lobo, and Lobo dispatched it with ease. Lobo just said no, to the point where Hal Jordan said out loud, it would take every fiber of my entire willpower and concentration to hold him for like a second. This is the level of crazy power. Green Lantern can wrap a, a, a construct around the planet Earth and then get it pulled out of the way of space debris. Lobo says, and he just knocks it off like it's absolutely nothing. He is crazy strong, crazy powerful. Um, he had a fight with Superman, and I know that there will be a fake Superman that James probably is bringing up later. We'll talk about that when it's time. He fought the real Superman and moved so fast Superman could not perceive his motion. He hit Superman with a speed unseen by Superman. Like the, he's the guy who can basically outrun the Flash if he really, really wanted to. Um, at one point, it's one of the strength feats that I found most crazy and I think really put it over the top for me in this battle just to begin with. Lobo who his size can change based on who's writing him or how he feels at the moment. So he ranges between like a normal human and then a 10 feet tall, 50 feet tall, whatever he needs for the moment. He had an entire metropolitan city housing millions of people. Think like Manhattan. And Lobo took the city, just grabbed it by the edge, rolled it up, rolled up the city, crushing everybody inside and all the buildings and everything. And then he ate it. He just ate Manhattan, basically, without even really thinking about it, because Lobo is insane. I would argue that He-Man is a very, very powerful character. He-Man has to still kind of keep it, quote unquote, real and not go over the top with his power. There are no limits to the things that Lobo can do. And while I've got a little bit of time left, some endurance feats right here. Uh, uh, Lobo has a regenerative pop property because he was kind of created as a parody of Wolverine, who at the time was super extreme, and the Punisher, who at the time in the 90s also super, super extreme characters uh, and both very, very popular. So they decided to take Wolverine's healing factor and dial it up to 11 like the movie Spinal Tap. So he has been reduced to nothing but a skull, and then quickly, within a matter of seconds, regenerated back to his whole form. He has been, as I said in the intro, he he was reduced to only one drop of Lobo's blood on the ground. He regenerated back to his whole form again. Not only that, he was completely obliterated. There was nothing seen of Lobo, and all that remained was a soul. The soul possessed a snail, and then the snails grew to Lobo, because that's just what he wanted to be. So in order to keep Lobo down for an extended period of time, you have to not only destroy every fiber of his body, not sure He-Man could do that. You then have to somehow exercise his soul to another reality. I'm not, I definitely know He-Man can't do that. And then just a hope that he doesn't find a way to come back that's just previously unspoken of before. Uh, uh, the other last thing I'll mention right here is uh, 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 he was part of On Earth, and you've heard of like when the, the meteors killed all the dinosaurs, and they call it an extinction-level event. Lobo was on a planet that suffered an extinction-level event, killing all life on the entire planet, fire from space, etc., etc., and then at the end of it, there's just, you know, horrible. It's the apocalypse. You know, there's nobody left and Lobo just pulls a rock off and he's completely undamaged. And he goes, man, that was that sucked. <laughs> this is the crazy level of power that we're talking about with Lobo. And, and I'm sure James will find examples uh, of He-Man doing some crazy, powerful things. I just don't believe they're going to be on this level of ridiculousness that Lobo can provide. And that is my point. Number one, that's some that's some restorative powers it's really he's got great him. he's got now, when he when he came back from a drop of blood did he still have that weird biker costume yes. on yeah he regenerates clothes and, that's and everything a, that's a it's, that's a choice it's a choice okay i'm just i'm just getting my ducks in a row on what <laughs> i you know he has all this power and yet he still dresses like somebody in a biker bar i'm just saying he i think he's a big fan of the band kiss okay and so he wants to have that gene simmons look at all times about him and you know what some people live in the past yeah, and rolling up a city and eating it like a, a Chipotle burrito is not, you know, it's powerful, but it is. is it, you know... Is it is it something you use in a fight? It's not, it, to me... But you've seen Ray eat, right? I've seen Ray eat. I, You're I've not really thinking him. he's going to take that ability and say, look what I can fight with, right? I just, I just, I just have to say that it doesn't seem honorable. And I am all, if anyone knows me, I'm all about honor... And um, I'm I'm powerful myself. I many times feel like I have the power. And I'm just saying that, you know, I'm just I'm just listening to what he brings to the table. And Absolutely. it does sound treacherous. But is it, you know, is it who I want to win? That's right. That's the thing. Right. Exactly. So, and it's not. It's not. 
Um, let me get to my point number one. It doesn't involve He-Man eating things and somehow us thinking like this is part of what he does to... Who knows what that means. Let me go with this. He-Man is the most powerful man in the universe. Ray, do you know what that means? That means that in the world of Mattel, a world populated by lots of interesting named characters such as Ram Man, Beast Man, I believe Snake Or, I believe is a character. All three things when you put together, four things put together, you get a race to cancer. Now, here's the thing. I'll get to this in a, in a second. The 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 universe for He-Man, you know, Masters of the Universe universe, intersects with the DC Comics universe and also intersects with the Thundercats universe, too, if you want to get really, really fun with this. Now, um, let me give examples of He-Man's insane power. In the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe cartoon episode called She-Demon of Phantos, he was shown to be the only person alive to break a metal called Photanium, which was the strongest metal in that universe. You know, take adamantium, call it Photanium, that's what it is in Masters of the Universe. He-Man broke it. Only person alive ever to do that. Um, now, let me ask you a question. Can Lobo break Photanium? I would have to assume that he can, but yeah, I've never seen, seen an example he's of He's never it. seen it. Okay, I'm just saying, Philip, he's never seen an example of that. You see where I'm going with this. Okay. It is from a different universe than Lobo inhabits. Right. So uh, this ho- would be hard uh, to... Uh, hopefully there's some way where we can see an example of both of them coexisting and interacting with that, with each other. Maybe I can find an example of that. But it gets better. In another example, Castle Grayskull is transported to a planet in another dimension. He-Man goes to retrieve it, the castle. And how does he do it? He picks up the entire castle... And then throws it through the air, through the interdimensional portal. He picked up a castle ray and then threw it through a portal ray, is all I'm saying. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And that's not even the craziest feat of strength. In the episode of the original series called Eternal Darkness, He-Man was shown pushing a moon of Eternia into a specific orbit. And then later returning it to its original position by hand. He was pushing it. He went up in the spaceship. It was actually an airship. Somehow it was okay in space. He didn't have a helmet on or anything, so He-Man was fine in space and breathing, whatever. And he stands on the ship. Speaking of ridiculous feats, the ship stays in place, and He-Man puts his hands on the moon and just shoves it. Now, that means that ship was pretty powerful, too, but we don't know that. But He-Man shoved the moon. I'm glad you got to my counterpoint before I made it. Right, there you go. He shoved the moon into position, right? And went hundreds of thousands of miles in that right position. Um, Again, I don't know how physics work in Masters of the Universe cartoon series or what have you, but... Um, he was so strong that the actual laws of physics probably don't even apply to him, which again is pretty ridiculous. But there's an even better example of He-Man's power. In another instance, He-Man picked up a large boulder and threw it like a baseball at that same moon, and he was standing on Eternia, threw the the boulder at the moon, hit the moon, and then the moon got hit so hard that it changed its orbit. He was on planet Eternia, took up a boulder, which was pretty big, probably the size of a car, tossed it like a baseball into space smashed it into the moon and made the moon change orbit into a different position. Changed its orbit, Ray. What do you think about that? Now, so with He-Man's insane power that far surpasses that of Lobo, it won't be as hard as you think for He-Man to win this battle. That's my point number one. And that's, here's the deal. Now, is all that from the animated series? Correct. Here's the, I gotta go back and watch me some more He-Man because I've watched uh, at least a half dozen episodes of He-Man over the last couple of years uh, uh, as part of knowing as half the podcast. I don't remember a single one of these. I don't remember him even doing something close to that level. So uh, please send. I'm not even going to challenge you because I believe you because you wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. You might be hedging some of the information to maybe not give us all of it, but please send me some links because that I want to see. Definitely. I don't really have a lot to say. He-Man, look, if you're going to argue He-Man is powerful, He-Man is strong, I am not going to argue with that. He is powerful. I might argue that He-Man is also very, very powerful because of his power sword. That power sword is an extremely powerful sword. So while He-Man himself is strong, had feats I was not prepared for, uh, quite honestly, walking into this battle. Uh, I've always argued that if he hits you with that sword, because the sword is so powerful, it really ruins your day. Yes. Um, I still don't know that that's enough to knock down Lobo, who, again, he would take that. He would probably fly through the air, call his motorcycle to him like, like a cowboy would call a horse, and then ride right back down to the planet at insane space speeds, regenerated by the time he gets back. I'm not sure that strength is what He-Man is going to be able to use to win this battle. Fair enough. The only thing I would say, because, Wow. I obviously have more work cut out for me today than I expected. That's correct. Yes. Um, you know, I'm just listening to this stuff. And, I, you know, like I said, going in, I was very familiar with He-Man and his powers. And um, you shed some light on some things that I didn't know about He-Man as far as his uh, 
hatred of uh, of lunar surfaces. Yes. Um, but I will say that uh, despite the fact that I was giving the edge to He-Man in the beginning, these feats of strength that you have put forth to me, although more noble and uh, more honest, the ones that Ray has presented about uh, this mystical character I never heard of, Lobo, seem pretty outrageously strong in comparison. Ridiculous and not very, not very friendly to my uh, my heart and my soul and my character. But I I believe that we have to uh, have some more feats of strength for He Man. Oh, they're I, coming. Okay, I'm just saying, I just want to say right now... I like that you're coaching James for his point number two already. No, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to coach. I'm just trying to be honest, you know, because I, I, I'm trying to give you some honor there, Ray, for, I, which is so unusual for me to do. I, I deserve all Mistake the honor. Mistake number one. That, that, you know, that I was impressed with your feats, although ridiculous and selfish. Very, I see Lobo is very selfish, and I'm not a big fan of people being selfish, and I see that he is just out for himself, but as far as sheer power goes in this, in point number one, I have to say that Lobo is surprising me, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay, okay. Let's, go to, let's go to point number two, even uh, though I disagree with uh, what Philip said. Entirely. Point number two, I just want to continue on uh, with the, who the character of Lobo is, because we've already talked about now Lobo's strength and Lobo's endurance. Those are two very, very huge things that define this character. But we could talk a little bit more about his gear and other abilities. Uh, first off, you talk about a, uh, being honorable, and that's something that you like in a person. Lobo is perhaps one of the most honorable characters in all of the DC universe, and I will tell you why. Really? Okay. I, yes, I, I like your approach to this. Because when Lobo is a bounty hunter, so Lobo's job is to go and, and potentially uh, uh, capture uh, somebody off a planet, usually somebody very, very powerful. So you have all the different forces in the universe. So when Lobo takes a contract as a bounty hunter, he 100% will follow through with it. There is no circumstance where Lobo would not would, would, would be dishonorable in such a way as to turn down the contract once he's accepted it or say this is too hard. He always comes through and gets the person that he needs to get because he does not want to break a promise that he had made to another person. He's just looking for profit. That's all he is. It doesn't matter who hires him. That's what I'm hearing. He'll do whatever the job was. But if the bounty was on... He-Man, who seems honorable, you know, he might go after He-Man. Also, I, I would point out that he is also, at times, fought with the Justice League of America. Lobo has shown up down on the planet. There was a time, uh, uh, okay, not in the comics animated series, but I feel already in, nervous about this battle. So I'm going to go ahead and just, just mention that this is a thing that existed. You take of it what you will, is the fact that Lobo, uh, Superman was missing from the cartoon animated series. Lobo came down to the planet and said, I'm here to be Superman. I'm here to help you fight crime on the planet Earth. You don't have Superman. I volunteer myself as tribute to be Superman. And all the other Justice League turned to him and said, nobody asked you. <laughs> Nobody really wants you here. And he goes, great. So I'm your new Superman. He He's so powerful. What are you going to do? You're going to tell him no. So they let him fight alongside Superman ends up returning. And Lobo says, good. Superman's back. I'll catch you guys later. And Superman said, literally nobody asked you, <laughs> which I appreciate just from myself. Being somebody who often is not asked to be places and shows up anyway. I was to say this happens to you to every party you go to. It yeah. happens constantly. And yeah. I would like to say, you're welcome, the world. Uh, so I identify a little bit with Lobo in that regard. But also uh, talk a little bit about his gear and his abilities. Because Lobo is a master tracker. If Lobo has met you one time, he just met you. Hi, Philip Wilburn. Lobo can now track Philip Wilburn anywhere in the universe he goes. Lobo just has the ability to, to innate sense of smell and just the ability to just know people to a point where he can just figure out where you are at any given time and go find you. So he's like Mary Lou Henner with her ma massive memory. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Yep. I didn't know he has yes. Mary Lou Henner's He has power. the superpowers of Mary Lou Henner. That is absolutely correct. Another thing, I mentioned it a little bit in point number one, but his motorcycle space hog, which is a basically a magical motorcycle that allows him to do whatever he needs to do in the moment. Uh, he can fly, he, he can call it, like I said, like a horse. He can fly it to wherever he needs to go. So there was a situation once where Superman punched Lobo and he hit him so hard that he flew up into orbit and threw a space station. Okay, because that's how crazy powerful strong Superman is, right? He just went, okay, I got to go back to this fight, grabbed his, got a space hog, came right back down again and said, I'm sorry, I don't think I heard you right the first time. 
in so many words. So um, I He-Man is capable of doing some catastrophic things, as I'm now discovering. And I would like to say, I don't. I just feel like Lobo can take it. He can use his equipment, his gear that he would have with him at any given time. Uh, and the other feat that I'm going to mention right now is the Flash. The Flash is generally known as a fast person. Am I not correct? He runs it with the speed of light. I, I don't even know how this works anymore. But he, 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 he taps into the speed force and does the thing. Lobo was fighting the Flash one time, and the Flash is just zipping everywhere, and he can't even see him. But Lobo was so fast, he had, a, like, a grappling hook. And he was like, mm, here. And he threw the grappling hook and was able to figure out, because he's so smart and also so fast, and he caught the Flash through the head with the grappling hook and, and hooked him right there like a fish. Okay? This is the crazy level of speed on top of the power and endurance and gear and tracking ability and honor that Lobo brings to the table. And that is my point number two. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it, actually, Lo reading Lobo comics really, really is interesting. Um, they also, Lobo has been with the Justice League in the comics as well, not to help Ray out with this, but he has, and he does have a sense of honor. Like, once he has a, a, a job or a contract, he fulfills that contract no matter what, even if it's to the detriment to himself. He's like, no, it's, you know, my word is my bond kind of thing. So he does have that honor. I liked how Ray brought up his sense of, like, tracking through smell. Because, you know, this is a chance encounter where Lobo sees He-Man and he's like, wait, 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 let me just smell this first. Yeah, that's He-Man. All right. Like, really, that's going to help him in this, you know, who would win fight. What I would argue is that if He-Man knocks Lobo off the planet, which yeah. he could. Yeah. Let's face facts. That's a real thing. Lobo is not going to lose track of where the fight's going to happen. So it's good. battlefield removal of Lobo, which is a way you can win a who would win battle is knocking them out of the field of battle for two minutes. is going to be very, very difficult to do because Lobo will find where He-Man is because he at that point he has met him and he can go back to that location. So it's you're not going to confuse Lobo. And that's why I wanted that, to make sure I mentioned that's that. true. He's actually a genius level IQ. A lot, people often forget about that, that aspect of him. Uh, with the tracking methods and what have you. All right, let me get to point number two. I do like that you're getting along. You're both giving each other uh, a little uh, help on on your who would win. Well, I, I think it's because we're both trying to pretend to be honorable people for you. I, I, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's working in both of your favor. I'm just saying okay. that I'm just I'm just impressed and I, I enjoy it. Now let's hear about He-Man. Well, He-Man's about to uh, go in the opposite direction with All this right. one. Okay, so let's talk about He-Man's fighting record. Okay. Because he's also an amazing, pretty much the ultimate warrior. Okay, of the universe. So when you look at Lobo, you may be looking at like DC Universe's best brawler, right? I wouldn't say he's like a classically trained fighter, but man, he can fight at that high level. And then you have to compare that to He-Man, who again is the ultimate warrior of the Masters of the Universe, universe, as well as being admitted to me like the ultimate warrior by like Wonder Woman, who's supposedly the best warrior of DC Universe, was complimenting He-Man on his war warrior skills, right? That's That's a pretty high thing. So how can you compare fighting abilities of the two? So first you have to look at who they've individually fought. For He-Man, he's in constant conflict with Skeletor, you know, that Sorcerer Supreme of Eternia, you know, oh, the yes. guy that's bad, bad, he's the race to Cadus of Eternia without the, you know. I take that as a compliment. You should, actually. I'd be like the He-Man, you'd be the Skeletor. I think this tracks. It distracts it completely. Now, so he's fought and beaten Skeletor, who's super, super powerful, both physically and in magic. He's done the same thing against Hordak, which was the person used to employ Skeletor and Hordak kind of stole He-Man's twin sister, Adora, and she was She-Ra, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, Hordak uh, being the main villain of She-Ra. Correct. Of course. Then He-Man, in a really cool cartoon, a comic book series, which continued from the same com uh, cartoon series in the 80s, successfully fought against the combined might of Mumator, who was the combination of Skeletor and Mumra from the Thundercats. Fought wow. and beat them. Right. And if that wasn't enough, He-Man has fought Superman several times, and even killed him once. And what I mean by that, actually, it was in the DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe crossover comic book event, and Skeletor creates a magic-based clone, so it wasn't really Superman proper, it was a magic-based clone of Superman that was so realistic and powerful that it even fooled Batman. Batman was thought that was Superman. And during the battle, He-Man killed that version of Superman, who evidently has the same strength and speed as the real Superman, and He-Man killed him by stabbing him through the heart with his sword of power. So He-Man fought Superman again in the Justice versus Masters of the Universe storyline. That's another comic book series where the Superman from the Injustice storyline was very evil and a world dictator and was amped with Kryptonian tech-like armor that was also fueled by Brainiac, that villain from Superman, uh, by his programming. So He-Man fought Superman to a standstill until they both agreed to temporarily fight together against Darkseid, who was trying to take over Castle Grayskull on Eternia. It's actually a really cool series. Now, so how does Lobo do against this version of He-Man in the Injustice universe where the amped-up version of Superman He-Man fought to a draw? Well, in this same comic book series, Lobo 
is seen fighting on the side of Superman, right? He's part of Superman's forces under Superman's command. But there's an even better way to see how He-Man would do against Lobo in a fight because in the same series, Lobo and He-Man actually fought. There you go. What? So how oh. do you think that went, Ray? I assume Lobo uh, ate him. Wrong. So what happened was that Lobo, as well as an amped up version of Solomon Grundy, Gorilla Grodd, Deathstroke, the Cheetah, and Killer Frost were commanded by Superman to take out He-Man. Without breaking a sweat, He-Man takes out all the villains. And guess who he takes out first, Ray? Gorilla Grodd. Wrong. That's right. He takes out Lobo. First, by kicking him in the jaw so hard that it breaks it breaks the jaw completely apart and causes a ton of blood and teeth to shoot out of his mouth. Great for a kid's comic book series, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Lobo didn't survive it, wouldn't come back. I'm just saying in the first shot, Lobo comes at He-Man. He-Man kicks him in the mouth, just like, boom, and takes him out, you know, very easily. So if He-Man can kill Superman or at least fight him to a draw, as well as take out Lobo in that same universe with a kick to the jaw, it's pretty clear that He-Man wins this who would win match. That's my point number two. And excellently said. Now, I knew that there was a crossover between DC and uh, Masters of the Universe, but those are hard to come by issues uh, sitting where I am. I went to my local comic store, did not have that in stock, unfortunately, and I wish they had. Um, And I'm not buying the digital stuff, so stop with that right now. But (laughs) I like how you prepare for these battles. I do. Yeah, it's a personal refusal. Well, it's more so the fact that I didn't think there was any way Lobo would have actually crossed over with Superman and the rest of the Justice League. That's a mistake on my part, and I will own it completely. Um, what I would say is if Lobo is there, and he's fighting He-Man, he's got these other Gorilla Grodd and all these other... And he gets kicked in the mouth by He-Man, yeah, he's got other stuff to do. Let's face facts. Like, he's not... The, you know, he, yeah, I gotta go get He-Man. Oh, there's like nine other dudes here. I'm good. I don't need to do that. So I actually give Lobo a lot of credit for not staying in the battle... Because obviously this is also the He-Man writers and not... Not the Lobo they, writers. Yes, thank you. That wrote Lobo writing a, eating a city. That's what I'm talking about. Like, if you put He-Man in the, that Lobo universe as the crossover event, He-Man is in deep, deep trouble. So first off, home field advantage. Let's just talk about that for just a moment. That comic existed to make He-Man look good on a level that he had... Uh, not seen up to that point. So I give He-Man all the props for kicking Lobo in the jaw in something written by literally (laughs) He-Man. So that's fine, James. You can have that point. That's a very difficult point. I would just say, let's, let's back off just a little bit as far as that goes. Um, And then the the other thing that, uh, no, I'm good. That's basically it right there. Uh, I I just appreciate all the things that you, you, because you mentioned it yourself. I was going to bring it up. It's a Superman clone. And if we know something, a copy of something is not the same as the original. I would agree with that. And so, uh, yes, when you, at first, when uh, uh, we had talked about doing this battle and you were like, you know, he, uh, he man beat Superman. I go, what aren't you telling me, James Gapsy? And I responded back with when I discovered it. Oh, it was a clone created by Skeletor of Superman and not the real guy. James is all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would have mentioned that had you not brought it up. Well, and to that, I say no, no chance. I, I just have to say uh, one of the points you made to me, which I, I, I was taking into consideration yes. was if. If Lobo is given a task, he sees it through. That is correct. But I have never heard, you know, I am just judging the character on what has happened. Lobo was kicked in the face and he did not follow through by killing He-Man. So I'm just saying that is that is a negative. In no, the- hold on. There is a difference between taking a bounty and taking a personal stake in something and saying, my honor to you, I will d- complete this task and helping a friend do a task. We've all been there. We're helping somebody move. It's getting like annoying. And it, what if in the middle of helping somebody move that giant couch out of their apartment, He-Man shows up and kicks you in the face? You're done helping your friend move at that point. I think that there's wait, wait, a wait, slight wait, wait, difference wait, between wait, the two. If you're, okay, hold on. I'm going to go there. If your wife asked you to move some furniture, Ray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she asked you to do it. Okay. And you didn't do it. Yes. You, you kind of just moved it a little bit, but you didn't really move it to that spot. This sounds wildly plausible. Yes. What what happens? Are you going to finish that? Or are you going to be like, yeah, you know, I'll let someone else come along If do there it. are nine other people also there to do that same task, I might take a step back and if let them do it. If your wife asked you specifically. It's a 50-50 process. It's a 50 Okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, we're at the churning point. Okay, and this is the point where you say who you think is in the lead. I wonder who that could be and what the other character has to do to pull out the victory. So where's your head at with all of this? You know, I have to say that Lobo put some big, you know, um, Ray put some big stuff out there for Lobo. My expectations were very low going in, but they were raised a little bit because of my knowledge of He-Man and knowing that he has the power. But I will say, does Lobo have a catchphrase? 
Oh, he has several catchphrases. Let sir. me hear one of Lobo's catchphrases just in that world. Let me come back to you on that because okay. I actually didn't write those down because no I did worries. not think that would come into play in this battle. I'm just, I'm just saying, right now, though, in all honesty, I am very impressed with Lobo's powers, but hearing the fact that Lobo was kicked in the face by He Man and He Man is still here to talk about it, despite the amazing power that Lobo has. I'm giving it to He-Man at the moment. I love it. I love That's it. fine. That's right. fine. We'll get to the catchphrase in a second. I need to, it didn't come up right away, so I will. I will <laughs> find, okay. it, I will okay. find it for my rebuttal of point number three. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying right now. You know. You know. A package deal. You know. You got a a, a good looking guy. Obviously works out. He's got a sword. He's got a catchphrase. Wait, are you talking about me or He-Man? Yeah, well, let's, let's what's talk the difference? About, right? Yeah, exactly. Know, right? Exactly. And then. You got a scrubby guy who does a lot of mean stuff and Are you talking eats about Ray or Lobo? I'm not following. Exactly. What's exactly. Yeah. And doesn't have a catchphrase. This so. is really a fight that defines both of us <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> the more we lay it out there, yeah, the more obvious is, it gets. We may be projecting. Um, Lobo's catchphrase, and I, I can't believe I blanked on it in the moment, putting me on the spot is always a good way to catch me. Uh, bite me, fanboy. That is something big that Lobo would say a lot in the 90s. Okay. It's equivalent of Bart Simpson's eat my shorts. All right. All yeah. right. I, 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 I can see that. I don't, again, not as honorable, but I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm seeing what's happening. Uh, my catchphrase as Android 19 was, <laughs> so I really don't have a whole lot of things Fair. to stand on. So. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, by the way, before we get go continue, what, what does Android 19 have to say about all this? Android 19 could take both of you as long as Vegeta wasn't there to rip my arms off. <laughs> I'll be honest. I wanted that the whole episode. I yeah, just didn't want to ask for it. Me too. I know. I had to. I had to. <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, that was actually it. We didn't, we didn't even have to finish the episode. Yep, That's all done. I wanted. We're Goodbye, done. everybody. <laughs> um, it sounds a lot like Elmo. A little, a little, little yeah. Elmo It's a little Elmo-esque, but yeah. I was, I think I was, I think I might've been out before Elmo was there. So yeah, so I'll go with that. Maybe, maybe Elmo is really secretly Android 19. Wait a minute. Wait a second. That is Do amazing. you moonlight as Kevin Clash, sir? <laughs> I do not. Oh, okay. I, just, oh I would have so much more money. Okay. <laughs> That's fair, All right, fair right, point. Hit us with point number three, please. Point number three. And I am not as confident of this as I was coming into it, but I'm going to go for it anyway. You Philip do it. Wilbur. You do it. Uh, he has the he has been rejected from both heaven as well as hell for being just insane. So Lobo cannot die. We the regenerative ability alone. As we progress the Lobo storyline even further, uh, uh, Lobo has been sent to the and banished to the afterlife uh, of heaven. They feel like Lobo, at your heart, you're a noble character. We have sent you to the kingdom of heaven as we know it to be. And the biggest problem with Lobo there is he got bored and he decided it would be fun to start riots in heaven. And so he decided to find all of the, the choir of angels and the pantheon of the gods that live up there in the DC universe and pick fights with all of them and then cause the people of heaven who are generally in a good place, literally the good place. <laughs> and he causes them to riot uproariously. So he essentially goes up to heaven to live a noble afterlife and decides, that's not for me, I'm going to start trouble. And they kicked him out of heaven, never allowing him to return. Okay, cool. So then they send him down to the bad place. Hell. As we know it in the DC universe. And the problem with hell was they started torturing him and started doing all manner of terrible things to him. And he thought that was hilarious. He is a character who enjoys the pain and he was frustrating the demons of hell to the point where they said, you know what? This isn't fun for us. You gotta go. So he is a guy who is so crazy tough and so outrageous that he has been kicked out of the afterlife of both heaven as well as hell. So this is a guy you cannot kill. You cannot stop. He kills gods for fun because that's just, he says, that guy's powerful. A little Goku-esque to go to the Dragon Ball Z universe. Goku would seek out the most, we learned this a couple weeks ago. Goku would seek out the most powerful people and go and beat him up just because to see if he could. Lobo does all of these things. He-Man, to my knowledge, doesn't necessarily go out looking for trouble. He tends to he tends to end fights rather than start them. Lobo tends to do both. So I would say when you put them in a chance encounter against each other, He-Man being a very, very noble character, unfortunately for our judge today, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. That's a thing for our judge. Um, 
Lobo also is noble. I would put that out there. But Lobo is the kind of guy, like, if you were going to have a fight and you had to pick one fictional character outside of uh, maybe a pantheon of people who just can't lose and that's, like, their whole gimmick, and you were to take one, quote-unquote, normal character, Lobo would very well be the guy you'd want protecting your back. You know how you get those Facebook things that pop up and they say, you know, uh, your day of month of birth is the superhero protecting you and, you know, you're being attacked by the one to the right? Lobo is the guy you would hope your month falls on because this is a guy who can move at supersonic speeds. He can track and go anywhere he wants to in the entire universe. And think about this as Philip Wilburn fight aside. If you want the best cheeseburger in the universe, Lobo can take you there and take you there fast. Interesting. I don't know if that's going to work, but I'll put it out there and try. In any case, he has the power and he's been kicked out of heaven and hell because he's just that guy. And he could find you cheeseburgers. I, I love cheese. This is a strong argument. Um, then that is my point number three. This, uh, I, you know, I'm at a loss here because I, 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 it was a horrible point number three, and I expected more from Ray. Uh, Philip, you look a little disappointed right now. What's going on? You know mind? what? No, actually, I'm not because in in some ways, my my gut is always like go for the person who goes to heaven and 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 hangs out and and enjoys it. But I will say I'm captivated by the fact that he went to hell and laughed at what they did to him. So he frustrated the devil, which to me seems a little interesting because I think that I think that, uh, you know, God would enjoy that to a certain extent. So I'm I'm you know, although it doesn't seem like the most impressive fighting skill, those are the ultimate places to go. And he's been in both clubs and basically been kicked out of both so that's interesting to me so you're saying he's been in two more clubs than ray exactly exactly got it now, I, I choose not to participate sir thank you okay all right so i like where you're going with this yep here's the, i'm just gonna go with point number three now remember the who would win battle it's not necessarily who can kill the other person it's who right. can incapacitate remove him from the field of battle or what have you right so you know that is an example of of how both amazing lobo is and how lobo can be removed from the field of battle to give a win to another character so let me kind of just redirect my point completely to that, because I think it is really hard to kill Lobo, to tie up Lobo, to incapacitate Lobo. But you can remove him from the field of battle if you can transport him elsewhere. And that's something He-Man can do with the Sword of Power. See, here's the thing. Now, the sword, you know, He-Man, here's the real difference. You know, it's He-Man fueled by magic. Versus Lobo, who's got like scientifically based strength and some ridiculousness as well, but it's mostly scientifically based. And when it comes to comic books, especially who would win matches, if in doubt, magic seems to trump for a horrible, you know, whatever, it seems to overcome. It um, seems to trump. I love it already. It's so great. So great. We, we, <laughs> so Ray. great. What a powerful guy. He, man, so nice. I love him. We work together. He's been to my golf course several times. Such a great guy. Great guy. <laughs> You know, who do you like better, uh, Mr. President? Are you more of a, do you see yourself more in Lobo or here? You know what? A Lobo and I can both smell a cheeseburger from a mile away. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I love McDonald's and KFC. Uh, but, and I hang out with Ted Nugent, who dresses a lot like Lobo. But, you know, he, man, great guy. The great hair. I think our hair is the same color. That's true. I believe that. Do you feel like guy. you have the same body type as He-Man? Like you maybe you know work what? out more uh, than he does? I, or? My suits are specifically tailored to look fat uh, so that I can hide my powerful physique from the rest of the world. Let's be honest. The only person who's seen my beautiful physique is my wife, Melania, and several members of the Miss Universe pageant. Fair enough. Need so, we continue at that point? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, this is interesting. So let me kind of go back. Let me circle back to, to He-Man versus Lobo. President uh, Trump, leave. Come on. That's right. <laughs> Get the... Okay. I will steal all your energy. That's right. <laughs> so so here's the thing. He-Man can use his sword to open up portals. He can also use his sword to push things through that portal. He can also use his his strength to punch things through portals or to throw things through portals. Again, with Castle Grayskull, he opened up a portal, tossed Castle Grayskull through the portal. If he's strong enough to toss Castle Grayskull through a portal, he can toss Lobo through a distance and open up that portal. Now, he's used that sword to open up portals to the DC universe. 
right? He's opened the portals to different universes within the Masters of the Universe multiverse when he had to rescue people. Where did Castle Grayskull go when he threw it through the universe? So it got taken, kidnapped, if you will, or stolen, and got taken to another universe, another dimension within the Masters of the Universe multiverse. Right. He-Man had to go through a portal that used his magic to, you know, the sword and everything, to get to that planet in that universe. Right. Pick it up and toss it back through another huge portal that he created that went back to Eternia. Now, oddly enough, the castle landed gently in the exact same spot on Eternia. That's that outrageous. Is, that is that's that crazy. Is very, very good. I'm just saying that is that's opening some eyes to me. I that's right. Know. Well, there, there you go. So why couldn't He-Man? Because He-Man's also incredibly intelligent. So he's going to be fighting Lobo. It's going to be going back and forth. And he's like, this person is very powerful. You know, it's not one of Skeletor's minions or what have you. And everything I do. And he's going to get a little bit more desperate to do something. And finally, he's going to say, hey, you know what? I'm opening a portal. I'm putting him through that portal, and I'm closing the portal. By the way, he can open up a portal to some place. He can control where the portal opens, so maybe it's another dimension in space. So all of a sudden, Lobo, who can survive in space, is out in space kind of by himself there without use of his you know, space bike, and now he's on his own. So it's really that battlefield removal thing that He-Man can use with his magic. So with his super strength, with his fighting experience, where he took on Lobo and kind of did him in, and the fact he can open up portals and send him flying through them and close them, ultimate battlefield removal, it's pretty obvious He-Man wins this fight. That's my point number three. Now, how many times has He-Man opened these portals? Because I've watched a lot of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I don't really remember He-Man specifically being the one to open any portals. So you said you watched six episodes of the 130 episodes available, not including the Christmas special. That's just, oh, I've seen the Christmas special recently, too. Okay. Isn't that excellent? It's an excellent Christmas Skeletor special. feels the, the power of the spirit of Christmas and saves kids from Hordak Prime. You guys, find that on YouTube. It is well worth the, My the viewing. My skull has grown three inches. <laughs> that day. Fantastic. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, right? It, Sorry, what was does your he, question? Does he, does he open these portals a lot? Because he, I, when he I needs don't to, remember yeah, he calls on the power that he has and channels it through his sword. This that feels like on. a one-time thing that you're trying to sneak by our judge, but I'm going to... No, no, uh, and through the DC Comics, um, the two different DC Comics lines... The thing mind, you shouldn't be arguing. Also, yes, go ahead, keep no, going. No, but that's from a continuation from the cartoons here, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really? Look, keep cheating, James, that's fine. Fair enough. Um, He-Man um, has opened, let me see, twice during... No, actually, three times, because he had to go to Hordak's world, where Adora was. That's in a different dimension. So that happened quite a bit, and, and that also happened in She-Ra and the Princess of Power when He-Man had to come over. So that's probably seven or eight times so right not there. A, not a He-Man cartoon, a She-Ra cartoon. Well, He-Man had to get over there. Okay. Right? And then it happened one, two, three, I think like four times within the different the two different comic book series. I just, I just want to cast so a little 12 bit of times. doubt on this power. That's 12 all I'm times. saying. That's all I'm um, saying. 12 so times. The other thing I would say is, and even if he does, uh, take Lobo to another place. A battlefield removal, I think, is your only chance in this battle. I think. Uh, Lobo does have the space hog, and he does have the tracking ability, having met He-Man, to know exactly where he is, and can move at, like, supersonic speed of light craziness because he's Lobo on his space hog. So Lobo, I believe, no matter where in this multiverse uh, 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 He-Man can throw Lobo, I am personally of the belief that Lobo can find his way back within the two minutes necessary uh, to do so. Also, I would just only point out that Lobo also is a master scientist as well on top of everything, so he could potentially create his own Rick and Morty uh, uh, device very, very quickly if he needed to. He created one time just from scrap that was lying around him at a moment. He found trash, and he took this trash, and he turned it into a device that could literally eradicated one-third of the planet that he was standing on at the time, just using literal trash that he found around the battlefield. So the idea that he could identify with his smartness uh, uh, and know where He-Man is, he, I believe that this is a character who very plausibly could create a device to get himself back if he needed to, given that possibility. Within two to three minutes for it to not count as ultimate battlefield removal. He's a genius. Right. So he gets transported into another dimension, into space. Maybe his space bike can find him. It's going to take time, though. It's not going to be like, it'll be like, He-Man's not waiting around for an hour. This is truly up hours. to our judge to decide. Yeah. Philip, you, you've been so amazing in so many different ways. Let's see if you're also amazing as a judge. Who do you pick as the winner of this ultimate power matchup of who would win? Do you mind if I talk it out a little bit? Oh, just... no, I want to hear your process okay. on this. I, I, I want to say that, um, man, I am I am torn in a lot of ways because... I am y'all have both made really good arguments. I knowing a little bit about He-Man, knowing very little bit about Lobo, but I have to say I'm very impressed with the things I've learned about Lobo. Not necessarily his catchphrase, 
But I'm saying, you know, there's a lot I am very impressed with by Lobo. The thing I will say is I keep going back to the kick mm-hmm. of of Lobo. And the thing I keep going back to is the fact that all of the premises you've laid out for me about Lobo have been his ability to annihilate. And if he had that ability to 100% annihilate, I don't think He-Man would be here. But I will say, I do believe that he could, I do believe that he could take, I was not 100% on board with He-Man winning that battle because of that, because I did hear, I did understand your moving metaphor. You know, I see the point of, somebody being a jerk to me, I'm helping them and saying I'm out. He doesn't seem like a very nice guy who would follow through with those kind of things. So he would kind of take his leather vest and leave. But the portal ability is adding an extra layer of deliciousness to this battle because his fastness, his motorcycle, his vest, his... The great, fact great that hair. he that it, the fact that he took a kick to the face, all of these are lining up in some positives. But if He Man could kick him to the face, distract him, and push him through a portal, and then use the portal ability to hide a little bit, we're only talking about two minutes. Even though Lobo is very fast, but the combination of all of this, I am giving. The win. Who would win? I'm going to say He-Man. Yes. Because yes. he has the power. And I will steal all of his energy. So in other words, I would win. Nice. Oh, wow. Android 19 would steal it all. <laughs> I put a big twist on the whole thing. Unbelievable. But yes, He-Man would win this battle. <laughs> Until our battle. <laughs> what I would say to this is... This is maybe the first time that I have underestimated my opponent, and it has come back to bite me square in the jaw that had just been kicked. Um, I have to agree with your decision, and I didn't think there was any way on the planet that I would. James, this is a first that I actually will admit defeat. I have been out, I have been out debated and out battled here, and I unfortunately, and trust me, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't like this even a tiny amount. I lost this battle. And I'm in a state of shock right now because I thought there was a 99% chance I was going to win just walking in the door. And Ray, we are friends. And Not anymore, we're not. I did not know. I did not know your character. And you made some great, great points. And this character, I want to find out more about. I want. To, I still don't, you don't think have he's to be very nice. honorable. You don't have to but, be nice. But, you know. Philip, I, can I, I say right now, knowing you and knowing you as long as I have... This is not a character you want to know about. <laughs> I think you're good giving him a pass. Right. All right, there we go. Listen, uh, this was fantastic. You know, Philip, with with everything you bring to the table, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed having you on as a judge. Thank you Thank so you. much for doing that. And Ray, we we had a recent battle of Snake Eyes versus John Wick. It's a fantastic battle. Fantastic battle. Better and, ending. And, and, and a better ending for Ray. And kind of like, you know, a flip, like he came with some great points. And this is why we love these matches, because we enjoy the debate. We don't. We we think we're, we've got it, and all of a sudden, someone else brings in something we didn't even think about, and it throws the whole debate awry. Great you job! Spin. You got to spin. I would say, had I had I and and James, good on you for not bringing this to my attention because it would have caused me to hone in and, and find some some counter arguments. I was not aware of the Lobo fighting He Man segment. It was obviously it was like a one panel thing in Correct. one comic. Your intimate knowledge of these comic books that I have not I have not checked out myself and and this is where you won the battle. I unfortunately have to I have to say uh Great job, James Gavsey. I I didn't hear that. What's that? A great job, James Gavsey. Hold on, did you uh, did you get that recorded? I said it twice. Oh, fantastic. You hear it again. All right, Philip, great job again. Please, we'd love to have you on some other time if you if you will give us the honor of, of having that. Please tell everyone where they can find you. You can always find me at the Acme Comedy Theater in a show called Top Story Weekly. Look for it on the Acme Comedy website. Also, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Philip Wilburn. Find me at Philip Wilburn. It's just my name. I was expecting more based on the pause, but no, no. that's it. That's dramatic. 
Oh, or find me at philipwilmer.com. That's what I always say. I always say philipwilmer.com. And then when I have it to do it on Instagram and Twitter, I go, oh, I can't say the dot com because then it ruins everything. So I'm just sure. find me at Philip Wilmer. Fantastic. And Ray, Great. please tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, you can find me at Almighty Ray uh, on Twitter, uh, as well as you can check out my other show, Knowing is Half the Podcast, the G.I. Joe Recap Show, a fantastic program that is facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast or on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast. Very cool. And you can find me posing my patented question of the day on Twitter at James Gavsey. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our podcast episodes, as well as to check out some great articles. On behalf of myself, Ray Stacanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.